What is good, everybody? Welcome to a joint Niners Nation Arrowhead Pride podcast, crossover podcast. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation. Happy to be joined by Steven Serta from Arrowhead Pride. Going to break down Niners Chiefs. Steven, we are enemies this week. I was all ready for this matchup, thought I had everything figured out, and then the San Francisco 49ers decided to trade for Christian McCaffrey last night, and now I'm a little bit worried about Sunday. It is wild how much things have changed in the last 24 hours. I've seen all sorts of conflicting reports about he is going to play, he's not going to play, there's going to be a red zone package. I got to think, it can't be that difficult for Kyle Shanahan to come up with at least a few plays for Christian McCaffrey in this game. You would think so, right? Like, I mean, all of the red zone stuff that they like to do with the running game, like it feels like Christian McCaffrey could step right into that. And and Jeff Wilson's coming off of a bad game. So it feels like Christian McCaffrey should get involved in this game, even though it's three days notice. It's going to be wild. At least put him in there, run some play actions to him, right? Just have him block like He can do something. He can help in some way. We're going to break down all the different aspects of this matchup. Vegas is favoring the Chiefs by two points in this one. Just let's put Christian McCaffrey aside for the moment, Stephen. Just how are you feeling in general about this game? I still think that the Chiefs are going to win this game, Christian McCaffrey or not. Um, I I understand they're both coming off of losses, and I think it's kind of miraculous what the 49ers have done this season anyways with all of the injuries that they've had. But I just think that the Chiefs are playing at a high level right now, and I know they're coming off the loss to the Bills, but I think the Bills are the best team in football. So I think the Chiefs have a strong case to be the second best team in football if you want to go with them or the Eagles. But I'm still confident that Patrick Mahomes is pissed off and he's going to find a way to get it done as the Chiefs head into their bye week and hopefully they're five and two. So I'm still feeling pretty good about the game overall. Yeah, when you have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, you always feel pretty good about the game. Uh, For for Niner fans who don't know, obviously Tyreek Hill is gone. What does this offense look like? How is it different from last year? And obviously they're still scoring points. How are they getting it done? So... The Chiefs the last few years, you know, they're this high octane, explosive, quick strike offense. Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey can devastate opposing defenses. And this year, it's kind of, I've kind of likened it at least to like the Patriots adaptability with Tom Brady, where you'd see them be an explosive offense one year. And then the next year, they're a run heavy offense. And then they're a check down offense. And The Chiefs have really done a lot more of that this season where they've got these long drawn out 15 play drives instead of, you know, a a 30 second 60 yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill or something like that, where Patrick Mahomes on a weekly basis is just spreading the ball around everywhere. They don't have a number one wide receiver. I don't know how they fix that this season without, you know, going and signing an Odell Beckham or something like that, which I am personally against, but that's how they're accomplishing things. Like we saw it a little bit at the end of last season where you know, we talk about those two high looks that defenses are starting to play and they're trying to slow down the chiefs offense that way. And so the adaptability of the chiefs offense late in the season was okay. We got to take these longer approaching drives, but you saw Patrick Mahomes get frustrated with that where he'd be like, I'm done playing this way. I'm going <laughs> to force the football down the field. This isn't fun. This isn't how I like to play football. And this season, he's actually grown quite a bit where he is settling for that stuff. Now, last week against the Bills, we saw him get a little frustrated and he had a couple of bad interceptions. But for the most part, he's really adapted to it pretty well and does kind of look like Tom Brady managing those Patriots offenses where 
they'd put up a lot of points every week, but it's on these long drawn out possession, long drives and stuff like that. Yeah. I do think that that was sort of the way that you could make Patrick home Mahomes slightly less effective was to try and force him to do that. But if he has sort of gotten over that type of thing, I do think that maybe playing the bills was part of it too. Like they, they know how big of a matchup that was. They know they'll probably see Buffalo again in the playoffs. Like he may have been a little more kind of like anxious and felt like he had to do more in that matchup than he maybe will this week against the 49ers. It's an NFC game. It's just, there's different kind of circumstances there. Can I just, as a frustrated Niner fan, like, can you, can we just take, whatever the hell Andy Reid does for Travis Kelsey and give it to Kyle Shanahan so he could do that with George Kittle. Like, I don't understand why Kyle has not just stolen all of Kansas City's plays for Travis Kelsey, who still looks to me like he's at the top of his game. It's hard to understand, honestly. And I watch these Chiefs games multiple times a week. And, you know, some of it is defenses just kind of being like, okay, we're going to play zone. And Travis Kelsey's so good at just dropping into the open spot in those zones. And Patrick Mahomes finds him. Like, he's the number one target on this offense. And I don't understand how you don't just see two people on Travis Kelsey all the time. Like, despite what you're playing defensively, just put two guys who are dedicated <laughs> to Travis Kelsey all the time. And we actually have seen defenses do more of that recently. But then even against the Raiders, like he had 27 yards, but he had four touchdowns because even when the Raiders were trying to bracket him the entire game, it was just, okay, well, we're going to get inside the red zone and Kelsey's just going to get open because he's so hard to cover as a tight end. <laughs> like it, it's unbelievable what he's doing this season. And I would have to assume teams are going to eventually just be like, okay, we'll put three guys on him because two guys isn't working. But that's something I was curious about going into this game is like, I understand Kittle started the season injured, but like, what is the deal? Like, it, it feels like they're just like, George is just an extra offensive lineman for us now. And yes. we're, we're going to give up on his incredible yak playmaking ability. And I think this is a good matchup for George Kittle. If they get him involved, I just don't understand why the 49ers haven't made more of an effort to do so this season. Yeah. You and all of us, it's it's crazy to me that they don't seem to realize that blocking is still the second best thing that George Kittle does. Like, he's a great wide receiver. And even when they do use him this year, it's been a lot of stuff close to the line of scrimmage, which has been really frustrating, too. Like, let George try to be tackled by a defensive back first instead of a linebacker or a defensive lineman. Because then if he breaks that tackle, he can really make something happen. Um, I know that a lot of 49er fans are saying, oh, Travis Kelsey, you know, we're not as worried about him as maybe some other teams would be because we have Fred Warner. When you look across the, the defense and see Fred Warner, do you think that maybe Travis Kelsey will have a tough time or are you just like, man, he's just too damn good? That's the one thing that worries me about this matchup is Fred Warner on Travis Kelsey, because I think he's the one linebacker in football who can legitimately just one on one with Travis Kelsey, try to go shut him down. And but like we've seen this season, like it doesn't really matter. Like it, it's, <laughs> they haven't faced a linebacker, the quality of Fred Warner. So I'm interested to see how it plays out. But it just feels like Kelsey and Mahomes are so in sync and he knows where Travis Kelsey is going to be every single snap. He knows that Kelsey is going to get open. And even if, you know, Kelsey decides to change up his route, which they have talked about before, like they'll tell each other and like signal to each other at the line <laughs> of scrimmage, like, 
oh, I see an opening here. I'm going to do this instead of doing that. Like, I don't know how you stop that, but the 49ers are at least set up for it in a way that a lot of teams in the NFL aren't because Fred Warner is just unbelievable. So I'm worried about that matchup, but if I'm the Niners, I'm still like Fred Warner and someone else. Like, take yeah. Travis Kelsey. We don't want any one-on-one matchups for him this week. Yeah, they're just so instinctual. It it terrifies me, uh, especially because uh, like all their skills, I feel like, in Kansas City are complementary, right? Like, Travis Kelsey can find a way to get open, and Patrick Mahomes is also really good at extending plays and drawing them out so that he has time to get open. Um, I have kind of said that I almost feel like if you're Nick Bosa, who looks like he's going to be back for this game, like, do not worry about getting off at the snap of the ball. Honestly, like, I feel like the play doesn't even start until two and a half seconds in. I almost feel like, like, just get your normal push up the field. And then after a second or two is when you should really try and make your move. Cause I feel like if you blitz Mahomes, he's going to crush you for it. I feel like what the Niners have to do is almost like a mush rush try and keep him in the pocket, which I know is what everybody says, but the Niners do have a good front seven. Try and contain him to in the pocket where he can still hurt you, but maybe he can't kill you as consistently. Yeah, it's when he makes the big plays down the field is like what you just said, like when he breaks the pocket, when he when he creates and like there was that play a couple of weeks ago where it was like seven and a half seconds or something like that. <laughs> absurd. And you know, like Mahomes does that on a weekly basis, but where they've really struggled this season is with teams that can put pressure on them without having to blitz. And the 49ers can do that, uh, especially, I mean, I'm assuming Nick Bosa is going to be available. If Eric Armstead is available in this game, like that's a problem for the chiefs. We'll see there, but like teams that can put pressure on them off the edge are a huge issue right now because their tackles suck. Like Orlando Brown is on the Uh franchise tag. He is in a contract year. He is having the worst season of his career. And he was a guy that never really fit very well what the Chiefs do anyways. Like he's a better run blocking tackle than a pass blocking tackle, which doesn't work well for a team that would happily just throw it on every single play of the game as opposed to actually rushing the football. And he's been a little bit banged up, but he just hasn't been good this season. And I think part of it is, the Chiefs, it's just one week after another, just defensive lines that can put pressure on you off the edge. These defensive lines in the AFC West are really tough. And Buffalo, I think Buffalo and San Francisco when healthy, like they have the two best defensive lines in football. And so it doesn't get easier this week. And even on that final play last week against the Buffalo Bills, where you see everything that they put into Von Miller, like culminated in that one final play where Miller didn't get the sack, but he put enough pressure on Mahomes with Matt Milano spying him that it ended the game. And that's exactly what Buffalo couldn't do to Patrick Mahomes last year. And they were able to do it because Von Miller is a closer. If Nick Bosa is in the game, I am a little bit worried because Nick Bosa is a closer. Nick Bosa is absolutely incredible. So I, I hate that matchup. And it's a weekly thing now where yeah. the Chiefs only looked good once this season on the offensive line. And it was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are struggling right now. Other than that, every time they played a good team with good edge rushers, they've struggled the entire game. And Nick Bosa looks even better this year than he did last year. He played 26 snaps two weeks ago and then missed the game last week. And he still leads the NFL in quarterback hits, which is just absurd. Um, what questions do you have for me? I feel like I've been asking you all the questions. What do you want to know? So 
I know that D'Amico Ryans is incredible and he should be at the top of everyone's head coaching list this off season. But I'm just curious, like with all the injuries, especially on the defensive side of the ball, like what the hell is he doing to keep <laughs> up this success on a weekly basis? Because I understand they lost last week to the Falcons and you know, you, you had a backup defensive line in there, but like D'Amico Ryans is fantastic. But, like, I don't think there's a defensive coordinator in the NFL who would be like, oh, no, we'll still be really good with whoever we put out there. And he's doing an amazing job based on all the injuries that they've had, which are like last year's Ravens, kind of, where you guys yes. just had an insane amount of injuries this year. At one point last week against the Falcons, there were only two members of the 49ers starting defense on the field. That's how banged up they were and are. Fortunately, it starts with number one, the Niners are really deep. So even though they have their backups, their backups are still really good. But also D'Amico is excellent at just muddling the picture for you just for an extra beat after the snap. He, he brings a lot of sim pressure. You'll see Fred Warner a lot of times is right up on the line of scrimmage, right in one of the gaps. And so it just caught, uh, pauses the quarterback to have to take that extra second to figure out like, okay, who's coming? Where are they coming from? What coverage are they actually in? And because the Niners front is so good, that extra second makes a big dif uh, difference and allows them to get pressure a lot of the time. And sometimes that's all it takes. Also, uh, you factor in the, the research, or I shouldn't say resurgence, I should say ascension of Talanoa Hufanga who has been a complete revelation this year for the 49ers. Like nobody thought he was going to be as good as he was. He's been incredible for them. So their secondary has been a little bit stronger than people realize. So when you combine the confusion with the quarterback, with the improved pass rush and a better secondary than you thought, that's how they were able to really shut teams down. And let me just say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for Charvarius Ward, who I don't think is going to play, but he has been an absolute stud this year. I, I remember talking to KP about Ward when the 49ers signed him and he was like, you know, what are they, what are they getting in him? Like he's, he's not a player. I I've watched a ton and deservedly. So like Traverius Ward was an undrafted player that the chiefs traded uh, a throwaway draft pick to the Dallas Cowboys for. And it was in 2018 when their defense was absolute garbage, but Patrick Mahomes was on an MVP run and the offense was unstoppable and they're trotting out, Orlando Scandrick every week Ooh. to get dusted by whoever the opposing <laughs> wide receivers are. And so late in the season, they put Charvarius Ward in and he got, he got just destroyed by Russell Wilson, the Seattle Seahawks late in the year, but then kept coming back and like playing well and playing well and playing well. And we we're like, they might have, they might have a steal here. And then for years after that, Charvarius Ward just continued to be really, really solid. And like, uh, a good straight up man corner, like not necessarily an elite player. And I know he's having the best season of his career for San Francisco. Like he was just really, really reliable. And for Steve Spagnuolo, the chief's defensive coordinator, like he puts those corners out on an Island every single week. And we saw it last week against Buffalo where he had two rookies, uh, a seventh rounder <laughs> and a fourth rounder one-on-one -on -one with Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs and Spax doesn't care what the personnel is like he's going to put those guys one-on-one -on -one. and so Ward had to take his lumps early on but other than that he was a steal for the Chiefs for a long time and I was I was kind of concerned that they didn't even really try to approach bringing him back this offseason because he's been so good and so underrated for him so I'm happy Charvarius Ward is playing well for the 49ers and, and that he's having a great season it's also like I think there is a little bit of 
contrast between the way the Chiefs have approached their secondary and the way the 49ers have, where I feel like the 49ers, it seems like every single year over the last few years, they kind of just piece together these secondaries, but they wind up working and they fit together. And you're like, on paper, like, it doesn't shouldn't be that good. Like, <laughs> well, how, how are they this good every single season? And the Chiefs did that for a long time, where it was Bashad Breeland, Charvarius Ward, just bringing in these random cheap veteran corners and kind of piecing together a secondary. And it worked out for them. And, you know, and you guys lost Emmanuel mostly a couple of weeks ago, like, but they still keep figuring it out. And the secondary still keeps playing really well. And again, I think that goes back to D'Amico Ryan's like the defense, the defensive play calling is just outstanding for San Francisco right now. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L. VAN29.com. I know people like to talk about Steve Spagnolo and how much he blitzes, and he will. Well, get D'Amico Ryan's would Kyle Posey said it best. D'Amico would blitz on third and 86. He, he just <laughs> would like that's just who he is. Uh, it's gonna there's gonna be opportunities for big plays in this one for sure. And you know, and those blitzes, like Chiefs fans got mad at Spags last week for him doing it to Josh Allen, but you have to live and die that way. Like, cause when it works, it really, really works. And they're game impacting plays or game changing plays. And when it doesn't, sometimes you get burned. Like you just have to live that way. Uh, when you, when you have that kind of defensive coordinator, and I, I think Spags has been great this year too, but I'm also curious about the 49ers offense this season and specifically Jimmy G cause stats. I, I like to call you like a, a world-class Jimmy G hater <laughs> and Jimmy's been okay at the last couple of weeks, right? But like, what is the ceiling with this team now? Like, if, if let's say they get fully healthy later into the season, uh, you know, not not even including the outcome uh, of this game on Sunday, like, what's the ceiling of this team the way it's currently constructed and now adding in Christian McCaffrey? I mean, if you're giving me full health, the ceiling is a Super Bowl title for sure. I mean, the defense was on a historic pace. They were allowing 11 points per game early in the season when they had most of their people, like it was not just like the best defense in the league. It was arguably one of the best defenses we have seen in the past 10 years. And then you factor in the offense being good enough. It was never really a good offense this year. That's the, that's the kind of weird thing. They weren't really a great offense last year either, but then they put Debo Samuel in the backfield and he, a lot of times literally dragged them kicking and screaming to success because he was just so damn good, especially 
outside of the structure of the play, right? It didn't always take Kyle Shanahan scheming him wide open for him to make a big play because he breaks six tackles every time, just trucks through everybody. They didn't have that last year. Teams have adjusted to Debo Samuel as the running back this year. He's had virtually no success with it. And the Niners have kind of actually stopped doing it for the most part. So they needed to do something. And I think that's why you saw the trade for Christian McCaffrey. I always describe the Niners offense like a train. When it gets moving, it's unstoppable, but it takes a long time to get going. And it's, it's, if it, you don't have those initial couple successful plays, it never gets going and it can be broken really, which is what you saw last week against the Falcons. It feels like they need adversity to like be successful. Yes. (laughs) Like every single season they get off to this slow start and they're hovering around 500. Then it's like, okay, now we got to go on a run to make the playoffs and, 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 you know, do some damage there with all the talent that we have. Like, it seems like this is just a yearly thing for San Francisco. But, I, I mean, they're really fun to watch. And I am so worried about Debo Samuel this week. Um, you know, if you're on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and you want to put in some bets, <laughs> I would easily take a Debo Samuel anytime touchdown this week because the biggest issue with the Chiefs defense so far this season, well, two issues, is they don't for- force turnovers and they are terrible at tackling, like just <laughs> awful at tackling. And they're they're young and they're kind of going through a defensive rebuild. And they've got some playmakers that you really like from this year's draft class that I think are going to develop and eventually be good, like core members of their defense. But they are terrible at tackling. And I think that San Francisco is like the one offense in the NFL. You cannot miss tackles against Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle if they actually decide to use him. Like <laughs> you just can't miss tackles uh, against these guys because Debo will just take it to the house every single time. Yeah, if you're telling me that's your worry, like I actually feel a lot better about the Niners' offense being able to move the ball in this one because the screen pass is their favorite play. They love it to Ayuk. They love it to Debo. If it's third and long. You can watch, I guarantee, if it's like third and five or more, it's going to be a screen pass like 90% of the time because Kyle's terrified that Jimmy's going to throw an interception and he's terrified of the pass protection. He's going to throw screen passes. All of the Niners' offensive skill guys have the same exact ability, and it's run with the ball in their hands. They can all do it. So no matter who is getting it, you are going to have that worry because that is the number one thing that they do. And Kyle Shanahan's best skill is getting those guys the ball in space. So for the Chiefs defensively, like what would you say is the best matchup for them going against the 49ers? Like I know the interior of the offensive line for San Francisco is a little suspect. Like is that where the Chiefs have to win? Is that where they have to try to attack and, and put pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, the the offensive line for the Niners is not in a good way. Now, Trent Williams should be coming back, which is good. But, of course, we're talking about the 49ers. So, Mike McGlinchey got banged up last week with a calf injury. I think he's going to play, but, like, how good is he going to be? And does he last the whole game? Also, their center, Jake Brendel, has been just terrible. He had three crushing penalties last week, including one that negated a 40-yard bomb to Brandon Ayuk that really would have helped. He is not very good, and they're just inexperienced. They're they're rotating at right guard between a fourth-round rookie in Spencer Burford and a former AAF player in Daniel Brunskill, so that should tell you where they are. Aaron Banks is a second-round pick at left guard who's looked pretty good, to be honest with you, but still an inexperienced player. That offensive line makes me worried every single time, 
And Kyle Shanahan's worried about it. And you can tell by the way he calls plays. Everything is get the ball out of your hand fast, 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 because he's worried about it. And Jimmy Garoppolo stinks under pressure, as every Chiefs fan knows, because we all remember the Super Bowl in 2019. And by the way, I'm ready for 50,000 Super Bowl clips this week. And that's going to be great for me. I've been going out of my way, like not to use Super Bowl pictures on uh, social media this week, because <laughs> I feel like that's what every Chiefs fan is doing this week, just loading up on Chiefs Niners Super Bowl pictures. So, yeah, I, I think that that's where the Chiefs probably have to win in this game. And they've struggled to put pressure on opposing quarterbacks like Frank Clark is totally washed up. Like they should have wow. just cut ties with him. He has been awful this season. There was a couple of times last week where it was like game deciding plays. Like the bills had a 99 yard drive just before the half. And there was a play on that series right before they scored where Frank Clark, I, I guess he was supposed to be like contain like edge contain against Josh Allen. And he took like two steps and then just stood up and kind of just like waved his arms. And like Josh Allen wasn't <laughs> even looking at him. So he, he's not putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks. I guess he's been okay in the run game, but he is totally washed up. Carlos Dunlap has been okay, but he's playing like 35% of the snaps. Like he, he's just, he is a prototypical veteran situational pass rusher. Like he's not a guy that you have to worry about on a snap to snap basis. And George Karloftis has been pretty good for a late round rookie. Like he looks like he's got a lot of promise, but George isn't out here looking like he was the steal at number 30. Like he's the best edge rusher in football or anything. He just looks like he's going to be a solid player for the Kansas city Chiefs. So it all comes down to the interior and Chris Jones winning against the interior of the 49ers offensive line, because Chris Jones is the only guy that can really put pressure on a quarterback for the chiefs on a consistent basis right now without Spags dialing up some of those blitzes. Well, he's going to have, he'll have opportunities. Let me just tell you, because Jake Brendel is, uh, he's rough for sure. One area where I think the Chiefs could have, could make the difference, and I agree, I am picking the Chiefs to win this game. End of second half, end of game situations, and fourth down. Like the situational play calling, I give Andy Reid such a massive, massive advantage. They're so good at the end of the half, obviously, no matter how much time is left, going down and getting points. They're great in the red zone. They're creative in the red zone, which the 49ers are not. And at the end of the game, they can move the ball in a two-minute drill as good as anybody. The 49ers stink at all of those. You're going to see. I guarantee I have said this. If the Chiefs get the ball after halftime and the Niners have the ball with like five minutes to go in the second quarter, Kyle Shanahan is going to be freaking out because he's going to be so afraid of the Niners' drive ending, the Chiefs getting the ball, scoring right before halftime, and then getting the ball in the third quarter and scoring again. Kyle is terrified of that. And it affects the way he calls plays. They're so bad at the end of halves. It is incredibly frustrating. And I think the Chiefs are as buttoned up as anybody in that area. Is that true this year? Or am I maybe just relying on things in the past? They're great at the play calling in those situations most of the time. The, the execution has been a little up and down this season. But I, I will say that Andy Reid shares uh, some of the poor clock management issues with Kyle Shanahan. Like, if the 49ers get the ball with, say, you know, four minutes left to go before halftime, they can run that all the way down. Andy Reid is not going to take a timeout. Like Andy Reid's <laughs> not going to take a timeout to try to get the ball back just before the half. He never does hmm. it. 
It's so infuriating. Last week, he didn't do it when the Bills were on a 99-yard drive just before the half, and it was evident they were going to score. Gets the ball back with 12 seconds. Chiefs go down the field and get in field goal range and kick a field goal. Like, But they had 12 seconds left on the clock, and Andy Reid had all of his timeouts at that point and could have taken some timeouts, allowed the Bills to score, gotten it back with like a minute and a half or something like that. And he just said, no, no, we're, we're just going to we're just we're just going to let it bleed down and hope we get to the half. And I think that the 12 seconds, I was even kind of shocked that they tried to push that. I think Andy is giving Mahomes more leeway to push in that direction sometimes where Mahomes is just like, I got it, like 12, 12 seconds. I, I got it. just give me give me two plays. We'll get in field goal range. And they did, which is absurd. But we've seen more of it this season where Mahomes is kind of pushing back on let me go for it on fourth down. Let me go for it when there's not that much time left to go before the half or something like that. And Andy really isn't that aggressive on fourth downs all the time. Like he, he really doesn't like being super aggressive. And I think some of it goes back to the AFC title game when, you know, that the chiefs blowing out the Bengals in the first half. And then there's that now famous like fourth and goal call where Tyreek Hill gets stuffed and it all just unraveled after that. And I think some of it has to do with that. Like, Andy's just scared of like everything falling apart like it did in the single half of that football game. But I would love to see him be more aggressive. I think Pat is pushing him more in that way, but Andy really isn't as, as aggressive on fourth downs as some people might think. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's a change for me. Cause I always pointed to him because in the Super Bowl they went for it on fourth down. And that was before really the Niners had their big lead and I have said that's what San Francisco needs to do this week. I, I say it every week, but especially when you are not the better team. When you're the worst team, you have to steal possessions. If it's fourth and five or less and your Niners are at their 40-yard line, to me, that's go for it every single time. And I don't care. No field goals in this game. Field goals are failures. You have to get touchdowns. So, but knowing Kyle Shanahan and him generally just not being aggressive in those situations, nope. like we have seen like teams change up the way they manage things when they're playing the Chiefs because they know like, oh, we got to put up 30 points in this game. Like, do you think there's actually a case where Kyle Shanahan will acknowledge that and do that no. this week? Nope, he won't. <laughs> in fact, it's going to work in the opposite. He's going to pucker up. He's going to be so like he was so content in the Super Bowl to go into halftime with a 10-point lead. Like, he was thrilled with that. It's like 10-point leads to the Chiefs especially are nothing. 17-point leads to the Chiefs are nothing. But he, Kyle Shanahan lives in his fears. All he ever thinks about in those situations is, what if we don't get it? What if we don't get it? He never even considers the fact that, hey, maybe we'll actually get this, keep the ball, and then we dictate to them some of the game script. And that's been the frustrating thing. If you're supposed to be this offensive coach, then dial up a play to get three yards or five yards. Figure it out, man. But don't just rely on your defense, especially one that's as banged up as San Francisco's. Yeah. Just just don't ever be conservative play calling. Yeah, right. Like, it's not hard, man. Come on. Especially with Mahomes. At least that complements each other, though, right? So you've got Andy, who's a little conservative, and Mahomes, who's aggressive. And they could sort of, you know, that's good for each other. Where the Niners, like Jimmy Garoppolo's, never ever ever gonna fight kyle shanahan or do anything he's just gonna say yes sir call the play whatever it is but at least like on the niners side you know yeah jimmy isn't patrick mahomes obviously but if you're in fourth and short like your run formations are some of the most successful run formations in the nfl so let's just run it and that 
there's also a lesser chance of turning it over on fourth down. So just run the football because you're you're really good at it, no matter who's in the backfield. From your lips to God's ears, <laughs> I tell you. I, I look. I hope we see it, but I don't think we will. I think the the Chiefs are going to get a win. I think the Niners will keep it close but I think you're going to be the happier man on Sunday. Is there anything else you want to ask me before we get out of here? I don't think so. I, I think I, I think I got everything that I wanted. Attack the interior of the offensive line. No, Kyle's not going to go for it on fourth down. Never. And, and hopefully they just keep not using George Kittle. We'll all be recipes for the Chiefs to win. This Pretty much. And that's the frustrating thing. The Niners seem to do this to themselves. They like to play offense with one hand tied behind their back. Steven Serta from Arrowhead Pride, thank you so much on this joint Niners Nation Arrowhead Pride podcast. Please rate, review, follow Niners Nation. Rate, review, follow Arrowhead Pride. Are you doing, I assume you're doing an instant reaction podcast live after the game? Yeah, if you want to follow us on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride, you can. We've got the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. It will go live immediately following the Chiefs and 49ers on Sunday. Yep, same thing for Niners Nation. We will be everywhere you want us to be breaking it all down. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody.